When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast, answering your questions from the General's Quarters every week, right here on VolQuest. Hey, good Thursday morning, everybody. Welcome to the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast. I'm Eric Kane, alongside Rob Lewis, Austin Price, and Brent Hubbs. We come at you thanks to our friends at Exterior Home Solution, roofing, siding, windows, garage. Contact Exterior Home Solutions today. They've been local. They've been trusted since 1999. That phone number, if you want to call and get a free estimate, it's 865-524-5888. Check them out online at exteriorhomesolutions.com. Got a lot going on on the website this week. Of course, big game coming up, Tennessee and Georgia. Huge recruiting weekend coming up. Five official visitors, uh, some other 2024 headliners, a lot of 25s as well. Basketball season's in in, uh, in tow right now. And if you're listening and not a member over at VolQuest.com, don't have access to all the news and notes put on the general's quarters out there, you can be Right now, this week only, 50% off one-year annual subscription or $1 for one month. That is right now, this week, at VolQuest.com. we got a lot of questions to get into, so let's go ahead and jump into it. Um, let's start with Mr. Rocky Top Rowdy. Do you think the SEC did UT a disservice with how they scheduled UT this year? Uh, we got stuck with three consecutive road conference games in the middle of the season. It seems like the league's schedule maker would be conscious of how many times in a row a team has to go on the road, Brent. I mean, I don't, I don't look, you, you, your schedule is what your schedule is. You line up and play. Um, you, you had a, you know, two possession lead at Alabama, uh, going to the locker room at the half. Um, you know, you, you didn't, didn't finish that one off. I, I don't, I'd say there's been multiple years where Tennessee's had this kind of schedule. I don't know right off the top of my head, but I, I don't, I don't think Tennessee's where they're at right now. Um, you know, heading into this Georgia game because their schedule has, has worked against them because they've been on the road too much. I mean, they won one of the three, right? I mean, do we really think that they lost the Missouri game because it was at Missouri? Not, that's like a high school field. Well, I mean, just the fact you, that Tennessee's a different team on the road. Well, but, but okay, it didn't be better. I mean, you know, yeah. you're going to have to play road games. It wasn't because of the road environment or anything. Well, I mean, you play four every year, don't you, Hover? Yeah. 2016, they played – a four-game stretch of Florida, Georgia, at Georgia, at A&M, and then home for Alabama. I mean, two of those are at home, two of those are on the road. That's a gauntlet of a four-game stretch, though, right? I mean, right. like, this league, you're always going to have, you know. I mean, there's, been a, there's, been a few, there's been a few Octobers that maybe not that bad, yeah. but we're pretty, pretty close. No offense to the poster, but, I mean, like, Guys, I mean, it was Alabama, which, you know, obviously a really good environment. And it's Kentucky and Missouri. I mean, like, it's not like they played, you know, LSU and, and A&M and Alabama or Florida, Georgia and Alabama. Or, the I mean, biggest like, obstacle in Kentucky was the smoke machine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, n- next year, next year they may play um, Oklahoma. In a, in a four-week span, they, a three or four-week span, they may play Oklahoma, Florida, and Alabama. I mean, so welcome to the SEC. I mean, it's just – 
I don't, I don't think that there's anybody in the league office going, all right, let's figure out how we can do this. And they put it in a program, it spits it out, and here we are. Um, we'll see what it looks like the next couple of years as the schedule changes. But I don't think that's, I don't think it's had a huge impact on this team. 007 Vol wants to know which coaches' contracts are up for renewal um, this offseason. Only one I know for sure, Brent, is Willie Martinez. Is there anybody else off the top of your head? No, everybody else on a multi-year deal. Um, so uh, Willie Martinez is on a, a deal that expires in end of January, 1st of February. Everybody else got a I – mean, Willie got a raise last year too, but everybody else got a rollover year in their contract. He did not. He was the only one. Vol underscore Nation 3 says, how much do you think a beatdown that Tennessee got from Missouri and possibly from Georgia will affect um, how we recruit the remainder of the 2024 class? Also, I would imagine regardless of what happens on the field, it's not going to change how Tennessee recruits the, the last little bit of this class, right? Well, I mean, I think that um, – I think it could alter how many guys you take at certain positions as far as like how do you know, the, you know, I feel like Tennessee now is going to take two corners. So if they can get Kai Bates – and Sensiball, they're going to take them. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, it can alter maybe kind of how you um, divvy up the, the slots in your class. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure it really – I mean, it, it could impact a kid or two if Tennessee gets hammered this week after getting hammered last week. Um, but, you know, on the whole, um, I don't think it changes a whole, whole lot. Big Orange Colt wants to know, Rob, how bad and how big of an impact is DeLeon's injury? It was like no impact at all. I mean, we played three minutes at Wisconsin. I mean, I, it's, I, mean, I, I hate it for Freddie, and I'm not being disrespectful to Freddie because I think Freddie has a lot of potential, and he's really talented, but it, it just doesn't affect this team in, in the least. And again, no disrespect to Freddie, who I think is a very, very good player with a very bright future. But I think I mean, I, I almost think Rick. He I almost think he played these basketball games because Rick was trying to find a way to give him minutes, not because they need him to play. Atheron's got a couple of questions. We'll start with this one. How good will it be for coaches and the fans that some players are out of eligibility after this season to force them to look at new athletes for the future? Oh, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. There's some guys that I'm sure that it's. It, time for those guys to, to head on and everybody's ready for them to move on and everything like that. But I mean, th those guys are playing not because they're seniors, but this coaching staff believes in those guys. Um, and, and that's, I mean, that's the truth. Now in the day and age of roster management, Austin, you got to make decisions, right? Cause, cause you can go and upgrade, right? You, if you, if you hit right in the portal, you could go and it's kind of like a lottery ticket, right? You might win, you might win big, you might win. Okay. You might not win at all with the portal. You're not, you're just not sure what you're going to get there. Uh, but you know, roster management decisions are, are a part of it. And I mean, I, look, Athron's let, let's, let's call it what it is. He's asking about the safety position, right? I mean, that's, that's what the guy's <laughs> asking about. Uh, he just didn't want to type out the word safety position. Um, and we'll see, we'll see what Tennessee looks like at safety next year. I do think Jalen McCullough has played better this year than he did a year ago. I agree. Um, has he been great? No, but, but I think he's been better this year. Um, and, and we'll see what the safeties look like the rest of this season, AP, and we'll see what they look like next year, who those guys are. Well, I can promise you this. They went into the spring and summer with an open mind about the safety position. And none of the younger guys did enough to get past the older guys. That's right. And so that's on the younger guys. 
You know, I mean, they, they've got to, it, it, they're not just going to give it to them. Now, do I think if they had made a move, would they have seen some short-term pain for long-term gain? I think so, right? I think that, you know, the more that some of these players play, um, the younger guys, the better they're going to be. Like a Jordan Thomas, like the more he's playing, the better he seems like he's playing. Um, now, we don't really know his responsibilities on every play. And so, you know, maybe he's busting every play and it just doesn't show up. But, you know, either way, um, you know, I, I think that it's kind of like what comes first, chicken or the egg. The, the coaches want the young guys to play with experience, but they don't get experience because they don't play them. So it's like, you know, um, you know, I, I, know, I know personally I am ready to see a few shakeups. Just you never mentioned that. I'm ready to see the new faces, AP. That's how you, that's how you say that. I mean, hey, Brent, look at AP doing the chicken and the egg there. That Hardin Valley, man. He, he remembers his roots, Hamlin well, County. I mean, I mean here, here's the thing. Here's the thing w- with it is AP said it best. I mean, there, there were opportunities for some younger players to take the reins on some stuff, and, and they they didn't do it. Not just at that position, right? I mean, I see I see post on the board about you know Ollie Lane. How quick can he get out here? I mean, everybody. I mean there were young guys who had every ample opportunity to go win a job in the spring and the summer and, and their best has, has been who they're playing. So um, now the development of some of these younger guys has to step forward and, and we'll see what that looks like. And, you know, there's certain positions there will be forced into some playing time and into some action with some younger players. So um, this 24 team is going to be a really interesting look from a makeup standpoint with the roster based on who comes back, who doesn't come back, uh, who they get in the transfer portal? It's going to be pretty fascinating to see what this team looks like in the spring. And Hubbard, I, and AP, you too. I mean, I I understand what what you're saying, and, I, and you're right. I mean, I, I think Ollie Lame is is the best left guard they have. I mean, I think Jalen McCullough is when Camp Berg was the best safety they had. I I think what fans are asking would Tennessee's record be any different if they had given snaps to some of these guys who weren't better on September 2nd, but might have been better on November 2nd. I don't know what I'm saying. Good, yeah, that's a good question. And, and and I think that's a little bit of what AP was talking about with some early pains for, for – Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's 100% what AP was talking about. I you just know, wanted to throw it out there. Yeah, where, where are you with that? I, I don't – I don't – you know, I don't know. Um, I don't think I'll say this. I, I don't think it matters who plays cornerback or safety in those South Carolina A&M games when James Pierce and Tyler Barron are coming off like madmen yeah. and affecting the quarterback. Me and I you could have played corner. Yeah, we, we all could have played secondary in those games, and I don't think the record changes at all. Now, the defensive line hasn't been as consistent, you know, since the early portion of the season, but it's a good question. But yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's. I, I mean, I, I think that's what a lot of fans are asking. I mean, and and it's. Well, I mean, and every coach probably has to ask themselves that same question. In all well, and it's, you know, they're asking about the quarterback position. They're asking it about a, a lot of places on the field, for, for sure. Um, you know, we'll see. I, sometimes, I will say this, sometimes you miss a guy the following year more than you thought you would because maybe he wasn't the best player, but but he was he was a better player than, than you thought he was going to be, right? I mean, sometimes that happens. You lose a guy and you say, ah, it's no big deal. Plug in the next one. And then you get into the year and you go, you know what? He was he was a better football player than we thought. Or he was a better basketball player, a better baseball player. He was he was more impactful than he got credit for. We'll see if that's the case with some with any of these guys moving forward. 
because not all of them are coming back. Not all of the 15 to 20 who can come back are going to choose to come back. All right, AP, this is still from Athrun. Kai Bates is decommitted from LSU. Who you taking, the Vols or FSU? Plus visitors to watch for on Saturday. Um, last night we put out, uh, or yesterday afternoon we put out Trail Tidbits. So, I mean, that was 29 minutes of Matt Ray just talking recruiting. So, a lot of good stuff in there. But five OVs, a couple other headliners for 2024, plus Kai Bates, who you taking? Um, as far as Kai, uh, right now I would still take Tennessee. I don't think, again, as I saw on the board on uh, Tuesday, I don't think it's a laydown. Like, I think Florida State's making a huge push here. Um, they are they are trying like crazy. Now, Kai is someone who, again, Tennessee has been in a good spot with. He almost picked Tennessee the first time around. Mom is very comfortable here. She is not coming on the uh, visit this weekend because of a uh, family uh, reunion or something like that. Uh, but the dad is coming instead. And, um, uh, you know, I think you know, Tennessee's got a real shot to kind of cement themselves here this weekend um if he gets out of the weekend i'm not saying he's got to commit publicly if he gets out of the weekend without telling tennessee privately that he's coming to me that would be worrisome if i were tennessee and then lastly here from athron about the receiver position um how many wide receivers from the portal does tennessee have to take um with no depth and wanted to ask about some of those young guys that Tennessee hasn't played yet, like Nate Spillman and uh, Nathan Leacock. Awesome. I mean, I think they're, you know, taking at least one, if not two, out of the portal. They've got two, um, you know, committed right now in Braylon Staley and Mike Matthews. And we'll see what happens with, you know, anybody else, right? What ha- what, does, what goes on with Cam Michael? Does Tennessee decide to go on Chance Wiggins, uh, the Virginia Tech commit? Does someone like Kingston Lopa? Um, come visit Tennessee over the next two or three weeks, you know. Um, AP, did you just make that name up? I've not heard that name all, all No, time. no, he's from Grant High School in Sacramento, California. Oh, the, the Dante Stallworth connection. Dante Stallworth and Ontario Don't, Smith. He's, Ontario he Smith. Here, he was here in the summer and nearly committed to couldn't wait to break the he Dante may, Stallworth. He may or may not have been one of those that I, that I have a pre-taped commitment interview on. <laughs> may or may not. Um. You know, and so we'll see what happens to those kids. Like right now at the high school ranks, I would almost think they don't get anybody else out of the high school ranks and, and probably have to go to the portal, but we'll see. Well, I mean, again, in the current day recruiting, the stuff can flip on a dime. I mean, there have been times where Tennessee was getting a kid dead to rights, kids taped interviews, boom, and it flips. Don't and, you, you know, so and vice versa. So, like, you know, we'll see. Don't you think they need two more, though? Some combination, whether it's two transfers, a, a high school kid, a transfer. When, when you look at where they are depth-wise, don't you feel like they need two more? I mean, I, I'm not saying Nathan Laycock can't play. I think it's a big offseason for him. We'll, we'll see where Spielman is. I, I don't know that, you know, that's a he's a guy that a lot of people consider much more than a special teams contributor for a while in his career here. Don't you feel like they need two more given the numbers they're going to go play with these last two weeks of the regular season? Yeah. No, no matter what happens with people like Brew, I mean, you know, I think you need you need a significant uh, uptick in numbers in that room, a significant uptick in the tight end room, and um, you need to figure out who out of your four thousand offensive linemen that you have can actually help you. Just think about last offseason you had at that one position. I mean, you, you lost Tillman, you lost Hyatt. Okay. You Walker Merrill went to the portal. 
Jimmy Holiday went to the portal. Was Jimmy Callaway still on the team? Jimmy Callaway went to the portal. I mean, you just took a massive hit just at that position alone last year. So, yeah, I, I feel like they need to bring in at least two more just because there's no bodies there. And, I mean, it, well, and Dante Thornton is, I mean, to this point, has not been what, what yeah. you thought he was going to be. I mean, well, maybe I, he will be. And I think when you do a, a self-scout big picture study, you also got to look at rotation. I mean, part of the reason why you took a hit last year is you played three guys. I mean, that was your rotation at receiver. And so some guys didn't feel like they, with what was coming back, they weren't going to have an opportunity to, to necessarily get on the field and play. And so I, I think that's something that you have to look at too. I mean, there's a reason Tennessee played those two young ones uh, in the UTSA game but before Brew's injury, because I think there was concerns about what are you going to look like a year from now if, if those guys aren't engaged and aren't a part of this football team. Now it turns out because of the injuries, you're, you're playing Caleb Webb and you're playing Chaz Nimrod, but there was an effort to get them on the field earlier in that San Antonio game for a reason. Um, and I think that we get those guys engaged. That's something you have to look at at the age of roster management. And even before, uh, like, like when Brew went down and yet on, you know, before they moved Dante out there, like they were still splitting Nimrod and Webb and, you know, now with Dante out for the regular season, I'm intrigued to see if they still split those, you know, snaps with Nimrod and Webb. And maybe that's one of those guys hasn't taken the job and run, <laughs> but maybe that's also by design. I mean, they've, they've both played a lot this year. Uh, Jazz, well, Nimrod, and Caleb Webb. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, the three guys you named, I saw them head down. Look at the three guys you named, Merrill, Holloway, Holiday, have done nothing at Wake Forest, Louisville, and, and, and Western Kentucky. So, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so like, it's not like they left your program. They're falling out when their new opportunity. Like, like what you, you know, lost isn't producing anywhere else either. So I mean, like, it, they they just need bodies. It's not like you lost quality bodies, but they still need to get more depth. Like that, not having a talented athlete can run, um, even if he isn't making a lot of isn't you know having a lot of production, still is a big blow. All right, let's go to basketball real quick. Vol Nugs fourteen twenty one says, "Who's the X factor this year for basketball?" Uh, Dalton Connect and Santi will get theirs. Is it just Jordan James to take this team as far as it can go, Rob? Man, I mean, three games. I don't know. I mean, Josiah. If you're talking about X factor, I mean, I I don't really know. Understand the question. I mean, who's like kind of an unsung guy who has to play well for? For Tennessee to to, you know, to to be well, I mean, I, I think Josiah is not not an X factor. I mean, I think he's, he's a starter. He's going to play twenty eight minutes a game. He's he's, he's going to have to play well. I mean, I guess, I guess he's asking, you know, maybe who's unsung. I mean, I'll, I'll go Jordan Ganey. I mean, I think I, what we've seen for three games. Me and Grant have both talked about it and have have written about it. Would would when you can go to the bench and bring an instant offense like that? I mean, it it can really affect games. And you know, he's averaging right under 14 points a game. Again, it's three games. You know, we'll see. We'll, we'll know a lot more after Mally, after, after, you know, or Honolulu, excuse me, about what this team looks like. But, man, I mean, Tennessee's not had a guy like, like that since since Lamonte Turner left. You go to the go to the bench and he, you know, came out, you know, came, came out like a flamethrower. I mean, like not you know, hunting his shot immediately. And not, not only is there not a drop-off right now when you go to the bench, I mean, it's a guy that, the other team has to like, oh, this is the guy we scouted. This is the guy they were, this is the guy coach was talking about, and he's coming in off the bench. It's, that to me is a, is a significant advantage when you can, you know, go wave somebody in at the, 
you know, that can give you a lift that is not your starting lineup. And right now, that's that's what Jordan Ganey is. I mean, for me, for me, it's a big man, Rob. There you go. That's what I was going to say. You're going to get into some game. You're going to get into some matchup, whether it's a tournament matchup or wherever, where you're going to have a hard time playing small ball the, the entire game. To me, the X factor for this team making a run, and you know, that's what you're asking about, is it's going to be one of those two big men has to play well on a particular given night in a, in a, in a matchup against somebody. I, I think, to me, they're the X factor. Those other guys you're talking about are going to get their points. They're going to carry your offense. But there's going to be a night where it's going to be about post play, and, and it's, going to be a, a, it's going to be the difference in the ball game. So, for me, they're the X factor. Yeah, I mean, if, if, I mean I, again, I don't really understand the question, but I, I, I don't, I agree with you, Hubbard. I mean, Tennessee's not going to be anybody good if Jonas and Tobey don't play well. Yeah. Got plenty more questions here on the Volquez Melbach podcast, but first, a, a quick word from our friends over at Exterior Home Solutions. It's one of those phone calls that you hate to get from your kids. Hey, that pre fell on my house. Well, we got that call a couple of weeks back from our daughter at her house here. And the first call that I made was to Exterior Home Solutions. The peace of mind that they gave me and us as a family when they came out here and came up with a plan, got us connected with the right people, is absolutely priceless. Use the same people that I use. In that time of need, Exterior Home Solutions. Teachers, administrators, and other school staff play an important role. Education can be a shining light, and it's really the equalizer for everybody. You are making a difference in people's lives, including your students. You can have a really bad day at school and still realize that what you're doing is making a bigger difference. We are the best profession in the world next to doctors, but even a doctor had a teacher. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. Big thanks to our friends, Exterior Home Solutions, for making this coverage possible. Back to the mailbag, and uh, we'll go to CN31 here. A lot of the year one issues that were fixed in year two have popped back up again this year. Some things that kept us from wins in that year, short yardage, critical third and fourth down uh, conversions, red zone. What do you think is the issue? I recall Golish on TV Cruise last year that uh, he was forcing himself to stick with the run game in year two, even without early success. Is that an issue? Heupel too quick to abandon the run game when he gets behind? Um, I mean, I, I, you know, they've run for you know, over 2,000. I mean, the best thing they've done is run the football. Um, you know, in, in the games that they've lost, yeah, I mean, getting off the field on third down has been a huge deal. Uh, they haven't been able to convert. Um, why is that the case? I don't, they're not getting the same quarterback play that they got the last two years, certainly last year, and I think Hinton Hooker was growing in year one. Um, and, and you don't have you don't have Jerome Carvin and Darnell Wright, you know, in, in those short yardage things. I don't think their short yardage plan has been great. I think that they have played short yardage like they did a year ago when they could run behind Darnell Wright and they could run behind Jerome Carvin and, and Princeton Fant could be a big back if need be and the quarterback could keep it and, you know, all that kind of stuff that was more successful for them. They, they continued to try – Early in the year, they haven't of late because they haven't had that many opportunities, and they've kind of gotten away from it. They did all that bunch stuff, right? Shrink the field, reduce the field, and it was just – it hadn't worked all year long. And, and I think they've been too stubborn about that in short yardage stuff. Yeah, and I think, you know, you could look at, you know, some of their, you know, run stuff is RPOs. So, and that's, you know, that's on that's on Joe. Does he, does he you know, does he keep it and throw it, or does he hand it off? 
Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, that's I mean, when you rewatch a game, it's hard for me to know what was he supposed to do there. Like, because I'll see something and go, man, if he'd have pulled it, it looks like that would have gone. Is that a pull play? Does he have the pull option every play? You know, is there a I, I don't know what all they're asking him to do. Hendon had a lot of freedom and played with that freedom uh, a year ago with, with the RPO game. And, and that probably has had certainly some effect on this offense. I would agree just, with all. Excuse me, just watching just going back and rewatching these, I think it's fairly evident. Obviously, the RPO, it's Joe's call every single time. I swear, it's like, it's like unless they tell him to keep it on the zone read, he won't keep it. I feel like it's almost like a like a call yeah, I mean, keep I don't, every time. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that. I mean, I, I, I mean, mean, I don't either. I'm just saying that's what it feels like, just watching it. Yeah, but I, but I don't know if that's the truth. I mean, I, I just don't know what the call is there to say. Well, Joe's never, Joe refuses to keep it, you know, on the zone read every time because I don't know what they're. I don't know what he's reading. I don't know what they're asking him to do. Um, obviously, they've designed some more runs for him, but I don't know how well he's played that. The red zone stuff, playmakers, decision making. It's got you got to have playmakers down there, and you got to make fast decisions. And I don't know that Tennessee against good defenses in the SEC have, have has done a good job of that. Well, I want to know is seldom practice exclusively running back this year. Um, yes. If anyone has the time to take Bruce place, I think it'd be him. Just curious. Practicing at receiver, Austin. Of course, he's kind of a do everything top guy in his recruitment, but he's, he's primarily just done running back this year, right? He's a running back, he is, and and that's and that's what he will continue to play. So, no, in in the future, in future no. years, nothing about putting him in the slot, throwing him the football. No, I mean, like, would they put have a package for him where they do that? I mean, maybe, but I mean, like, he's not he's not going to replace Brew. So, like, he's he's a running back, and that's. But what you saw player. in the orange and white game, maybe in the future. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think there's an option for for that kind of package, but I mean, I think, you know, at the end of the day, 97% of the time, he's going to be back there alongside the quarterback. Probably the big old Vols 26. Sorry, Brent, you probably, probably the number two tailback for Tennessee next year. Samson. If, if Jalen Wright's gone and we'll see what Jabari Small likes to do. I mean, he's, yep. he's going to get a bunch of carries next year. I'll say this. Jalen Wright's game last week. Not so great. This game's a big game for for Jalen Wright. You, you, if somebody somebody that's trying to go get paid in the league, he needs to have his A game this week. Like if he goes out and balls out against Georgia, that's a huge deal for him. He goes out and puts up thirty three yards, that makes it a little harder to go pull the trigger. Especially my, when you're not being able to run the football on Georgia the first two years in the system too. Um, big old balls twenty six says, does Coach Josh Heupel take penalties lightly, or will he? ever do anything to get them more to a manageable number. Rob, there's, I mean, under Josh Hopple, he's always been a heavily penalized team. A lot of that's like, like, like the, uh, like the holding stuff out on the perimeter or offensive pass interference. A lot of that is just the style of, of play. But I mean, it goes far beyond that. I mean, this team is not very disciplined at times. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, like Coach Hopple, I mean, he mitches it all the time. I mean, sometimes unprompted, you know, gotta be more disciplined, gotta play smarter. You know, I, I don't, I don't think that's just coach speak. I think he believes that, but man, I mean, the priest got to be in the pudding. I mean, Tennessee's the, the most penalized team in the SEC by a pretty wide margin. I mean, like more than 10 yards per game. I mean, over Ole Miss. I mean, I, I that, that's what it was. That's what it is in conference play. Excuse me. That, that's the one thing I looked at for the matchup for. But anyway, I mean, that's, you're talking about one, you're, you're, you're starting the game off one first down behind the other worst team in the league in the SEC. I mean, it's just, I mean, like it, I'm, Hubbard has mentioned it a million times. Last year didn't matter. I mean, 
you started first and 15 and then hooker, you know, make a play. It's, you know, it's second and six. This, this, this team, this is not that team. When you start off first and 15, second and 19, putt. I mean, it's a putt. And it's, I mean, I, I think that's, that's a pretty, I'm not saying Coach Heibel's not a good coach or anything like that. I just think for that to still be an issue, you know, we're playing, getting ready to play game number 11, and it's as bad as it just was, nine for 95 at Missouri. That, you know, that's something that you got to address. Rodney for Live says, how does the in-state talent look for 2025? Uh, it seems like we've had an unusual amount of high injuries on the offensive line as well. He puts in parentheses, not counting field goals, extra point team. That's important. Or is this type of attrition normal, or have we been really lucky the last couple of seasons not to have these types of injuries on the offensive line? Well, I'll take the offensive line or start the conversation on the offensive line. I mean, I think that last year was a, an abnormal year. I mean, nobody got hurt. Um, Darnell Wright's as durable as a football player that's come through here in, in a long, long time. Same for Jerome Carbon. And you got through the season with Cooper, you know, the entire year. Um, so, you know, they were very fortunate a year ago with no injuries, which on that, in that position is, is unusual. Um, you know, this year they had the, you know, the Cooper injury, which was a big deal. And, um, that was something that was a huge impact in, in year one under Josh Heifel. People forget he had a high ankle sprain that cost him three or four weeks that changed a good bit about this offense in, in year one. So, um, I think last year was more of an anomaly than this year being the anomaly. Cause I think you're always going to deal with some bumps and bruises on the offensive line, which Austin gets back to your point. You got to figure out out of those, you know, 10 or so you've signed the last couple of years or 13 or whatever the number is, who, who can, who can help you to create some depth. Uh, so you're not going into a year saying, well, we've got six or we've got five. We feel comfortable with, or, or at most six, we feel comfortable with you got, you got to get some more depth rolling in there at that position. Yeah, that, that's right. I mean, you know, um, you, you do have to be a lot deeper. They've gotten, I think, they've, they've been very fortunate to not really have any major injuries on the O-line um, for, like, season-ending deals. Like, Cooper missed, you know, the first month, but, you know, was back and um, so on and so forth. As for the 25s, um, I mean, obviously, it starts with George McIntyre. Um Tennessee doesn't have an offensive lineman 25 um, to piggyback the old line talk, but uh, you have Ethan Utley at Innsworth, um, defensive lineman. Tennessee's in, in, in solid shape there. You have Rodarius Jackson, uh, wide receiver um, out of Sheffield out in Memphis. You have Joe Kim Dodson out of MUS, wide receiver out of, out of Memphis. Uh, Cam Sparks out of Baylor, um, Jalen Morgan. Um, you, you, you have, you know, several – um, solid in states and 25 across the board. And so, you know, I would say Tennessee will be fairly involved in the state of Tennessee uh, for next year's class. Let's go to Nashville 615. Transition to Halsley from Golish isn't going well. Is Heifel struggling, taking on more uh, multiple responsibilities of a head coach, like game planning, play calling without Golish on staff? Uh, and then he has a defensive question. But first, um, you know, anybody that wants to talk about the the transition from Golish to Halsley. Well, it, it, go ahead, go ahead, AP. I was going to say, I just don't, I don't, I don't think any of us can know exactly how much he's taking on versus not taking on. Um, you know, I mean, I would tell you that, like, I, you know, you know, wonder just the youth on the offensive side of the ball or inexperience on the offensive side of the ball. And Halsley's coached a long time, but this is his first year as OC. 
So, like, it's a different deal. I mean, it's Abe's first year on the field. Kelsey's year two on the field. Um, you know, I, does Josh have to take on more? I know I've wondered that. That Does he have to help out more um, than a year ago? Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. Does Glenn I, I take on more? No. Yeah, does Glenn take on more? I, I just don't know. I don't think any of us do. Yeah, and, and I think when you – we don't know the answer to that question. When you're talking about the, the straight-up struggles, you know, in terms of their scoring being down, what is it, 22 points in SEC play um, after 40-something last year in SEC play or what, whatever it was. I mean, I just think part of that has to do with, with the talent that you lost. Um, I mean, I just I, – I don't think you – and look, that's not to say – that Joe Milton can't play or he's a complete disaster. I'm not suggesting that coming out of the Missouri game. He played Joe played really well against Kentucky. He played well in the first half against against Alabama. He was great against UConn. Um, that offense didn't play well and they never got in a rhythm on Saturday. The defense didn't help him out because they couldn't get off the field. But they are a different offense without Hendon Hooker. I mean, and, and it's not just his legs, it's the quick decisions. Um, and they're a different offense without Jalen Hyatt and without Darnell Wright. I mean, those are just those are just big losses to overcome, Rob. I mean, I, it, 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 and fans would have, you know, I get it. Trust me. I mean, I'm, I have a father who's like an echo chamber for everything that people are saying in, in the general course. You know, <laughs> AP, I know, I, know, I know I'm not alone in that. But I mean, I mean, Humphrey, you just said this this time. Look, look at the Missouri game and and look. Tennessee had two NFL wide receivers last year. Had a quarterback who should have gone to New York as a high trophy finalist. He, he was the first team All SEC selection in a league that had a Heisman Trophy winner and the first pick in the NFL draft playing quarterback in it. And a kid in Stetson Bennett who went to New York as a Heisman Trophy finalist to, and would throw into two NFL wide receivers and the number ten pick in the draft at right tackle. Where you know you look at what you just the eleven you threw out there in offense at Missouri, what is are there any of those? Is there anything close to, to that at those positions? No, 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 not even close. It's not. I mean, that to me is a million times more important than Alex Golish versus Joey Halsey. Which goes back to which goes back to my question a few weeks ago, or or or, or me pondering what would have Alex Golish have looked like had he had this year's offensive skills. I, I bet he'd have looked a lot like Joey Halsley. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, it's easy to go, oh, they miss Golish. Now, do I think they – the biggest thing I think they miss with Golish is his personality. Like, I think he was a bull. Not just because he is one now at South Florida, but, I mean, like, he he, he is one – I mean, like, he is, he is a big personality, forceful, direct, and that's not Joey. Like, and that's not a knock on Joey. Everybody's different. Eric's demeanor and my demeanor are two different things. Sometimes really, I never noticed. Sometimes it's good to be Eric King's demeanor. Sometimes it's good to be my demeanor. And so, like with every kid, you have to kind of approach things differently. So, like, I do. I think they miss him from a play calling, scheming. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I would venture to say no because I think Joey's a good football coach. Do they miss? His stern kick in the butt mentality. I think they probably do. That's where I think there's a there is a um, you know a, a potential um, difference between the two. I mean, just just different in person. Yeah, who's I mean who's the boot in the ring out of the 
offense? That, that's that's who's the handy? That's the question. Who's the bootleggering guy on the offensive staff? You know, I don't know. We're not on the practice field every day, so we don't see. But I mean, I, I, we've seen in years past that the the results when you don't have one of those guys, and when you do have one of those guys at Tennessee. Just remember sitting in that press box for two years and and hearing Golish scream from you know four booths away <laughs> on game days. No question who the boot was on that staff on that side of the ball when he was here. Um, on the flip side, let's talk about the defense. The defense was bad, but was it really any worse than the Kentucky game, the Alabama game, or at any point last year? Missouri had 26 offensive points and probably would have been less if the offense showed up in the middle eight. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people are talking about the defense, but I think we've all been pretty consistent in saying the offense was abysmal against Missouri and they didn't help the defense out, just like the defense didn't help the offense out, AP. Yeah, again, the defense gives up too many third down and 10s, third down and 12, third down and 8, and thus it sticks out and everybody goes, oh, the defense is terrible. Not as bad as everybody lets them on to be. The problem is, is they just don't get off the field like they should because of the style of play. So, like when it comes to giving up points, yeah, they've not been bad. They've not given up. They've given up less than thirty points every every game. Now, there's going to be a few on the message board. They're going to watch this and go, "Is that really the standard? Have, do you watch college football? <laughs> like, I mean, like how, how everybody scores? I mean, like people score left and right and left and right. The days of trying the goal of holding teams below nineteen points long gone. Yeah, I mean, like I'm not saying that 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 Tennessee's defense is great, right? I'm just saying like they're not as bad as everybody makes them out to be. And Tennessee's offense this year is not what it's been so when you couple all that together it's just kind of a, a you know a thrill a minute they've won a few games like a&m and, and south carolina kentucky they lost florida and they lost missouri ap to your point I mean, that tennessee was awful 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 on, on saturday and it's it's a two-score game in the fourth quarter I mean, yeah. it's 22-7 and you had, going going back. you had them pinned you had them pinned in the deep on the one yeah i just keep going back to like the losses are so bad. The way you're losing is bad. Yeah, like the, that's how they lost. If they lost 25-22 on a field goal at the gun, however, people are mad, but it's a different feel, right? Like, it's the fact they got beat 36-7. to You're not being outscored by 33 points. unanswered, 27 unanswered at Alabama, yeah. second quarter at Florida. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, I mean, I think in this game, it, there's a little bit of hand-in-hand of hand both. I mean, I've said it. I mean, you're not going to go on the road in this league, turn it over three times, you know, give up, give up what, 10 points on turnovers and, and, and win with where you are right now. A year ago. Yeah. You, you could, you could probably done that because you could score so well. This was a different team. That's why I thought the A&M game was such a, a, an important win because you won in what is your unconventional style. Played field position. You got a punt return on a day where you were bad offensively. You found a way, right? Okay. Saturday, you couldn't find a way. You pinned, you played field position, pinned it back three times, couldn't get off the field. That's on the defense, right? But but to come out the second half when you're right there in the football game and, and to go three and out right there, because what did we hear? Well, we had a miscommunication on first down. You're coming out of the locker room, right? Like, the, like you, you miscommunicated the first play from scrimmage to start the second half. That's not good, right? The fumble at the end of the first half. Um, so, and I get where fans are, right? It's got to be somebody's fault, specific, right? Because because we want a public hanging at the center square. So who 
who do we go, who who is that person right is that is that the secondary is that a corner is that the quarterback who is the bottom line is no they weren't they 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 weren't great i mean they were bad at everything defensively they got pushed around that's the difference to me in in this game Alabama game, they busted, gave up a couple big plays, right? And, and there we go. But but you didn't walk out of that game at Alabama and go, man, Alabama shoved it down their throat, okay? You walked out of that second half at Missouri going, you know what? If they played four more quarters, that kid would rush for 250 more and more yards the way, the way that that defense was trying to tackle him and the way they were playing. So I get that part of it. Conversely, I get the – Hell, you can't win a game if you only score seven points because that's exactly right as well. So the point is, everybody played bad. Nobody played good enough to win that game. So I, I don't see why we're trying to rationalize, well, it was really okay here. No, it was bad everywhere except the punter. He's the only one that's not going to get criticized. Everybody else was bad. Bobby like the, sucked, whole, though. The, the, whole, the whole kickoff deal, what, what are we doing on kickoffs? Right, like you're gonna field one six yards deep, and then you're gonna fair catch one at the twelve, and six. then when you then when you try to do try to return one, you, you just run into the back of somebody. Like, why all of a sudden is that a you fair caught it the whole year? Why is that changing now? Like, just some bizarre. I mean, that that whole thing at times was bizarre. AP. Oh, soapbox hover is my favorite hover. Soapbox. <laughs> I just rambled on for four minutes for somebody to scrub past it and move on like golly what's he screaming in the microphone about i, I thought you were going getting ready to go jelly roll at the cmas with the life <laughs> lesson there last question <laughs> i want to ask this one before we get out from competition orange being ahead of schedule has been a consistent theme the past 18 ish months on the board and on the podcast did the loss of missouri change that if you take a step back and assess where the program is it was only one game but in college football the small sample sizes uh rob lewis tennessee's still ahead of schedule I mean, I think so. Just it, it, I wouldn't have said that if you told me in August that Tennessee was going to go eight and four, I would have thought it would have stepped back. But I didn't appreciate. And again, I'm not trying to be negative about anything. I didn't appreciate the drop off Tennessee was going to have at the quarterback position. Just point blank. In August, I didn't. I didn't think it was going to be what it what it is. I mean, I, I thought there was going to be a drop off. I didn't think it would be this. So you thought there would be you thought there would be lows, but there would be big highs, and there've not been big highs at the quarterback. I thought I thought we'd see a lot of the Clemson game, and I don't know that we have. And I, and again, I'm not trying to be critical of any one kid. So I I don't I don't I don't think that this is a step back big picture this season. I mean, I, I think when transition you, year, Rob. Yeah, thank you, AP. Gap year, whatever you want to call it. We'll see. You know, now ask me the same question. You know. Next year, I just, I, I you know, I, a lot of fans want to go that way, and I, I just don't see it. I mean, I, it's so everything. The fact that you can even ask that question in an eight and four season, to me, tells you how much Josh has changed things in three years. Because I mean, people, we're not that far away from when Tennessee went zero and eight in the SEC. Well, for, for me, and I, I won't get on a soapbox here because AP's tired of hearing me preach, so I'm not going to do that. I, I think the, the reality is last year probably gave you a little bit of a false sense of how sped up it was because of because of not just how many games you won, but it's who you beat and it's the way you won games. I mean, you dominated people, right, with the exception of a meltdown at South Carolina. Um you know, I mean, look, you lost to Georgia and Athens, Georgia, who was the best team in college football that wasn't close. 
All right. So there's no shame in that loss last year in any way, shape or form. I think when you're a new coach, AP coming in, there's always that danger of winning too fast, too early. Yep. Um, and, 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 you know, I'm not taking, I'm not saying, well, they should have lost more last year, but it creates a little bit of a different narrative. The other thing too, is your best holdover players are gone. I mean, the, the best players you inherited from the previous staff are gone. And so you are in a transition year as a result of, of kind of where you are uh, with some guys. And there's some seniors who are laying it on the line who are, I mean, listen, they wouldn't be eight and four. They would be a lot worse if it weren't for those guys. So I'm not taking anything away from them, but you are in a transition year. And that transition feels bigger because you overachieved in year two. That's exactly right. Eric Kane, take us out of here. My friend. Well said, Hubbard. AP's about 10 minutes past normally when he texts me and saying, let's wrap this up. He's got some. I'm sorry. It's my fault. I hope somebody <laughs> listened to the last answer and didn't turn it off because of my previous answer. Big thanks as always to you guys for sending in those mailbag questions. If I didn't get to your question, do apologize. We always get a ton, uh, but keep sending them in. Big thanks to Exterior Home Solutions for making this coverage possible. 865-524-5888 or visit them online at exteriorhomesolutions.com. Remember, if you're listening, not a member of the site, no better time than right now. Big football game coming up. Recruiting weekend, basketball season happening right now. 50% off your first year annual subscription to VolQuest.com or $1 for one year or $1 for one month. It's happening right now at VolQuest.com. And remember, Eric Kane, after Hubs is preaching, we've got we've got the homecoming lunch. Mamaw's brought her fried chicken and a pound cake. And I'll go eat everybody. And I'm passing the plate. And if you have any can, if you have any canned goods, <laughs> just please leave it in the, in the box by the door. That's Rob Lewis, Sprint Hubs, Austin Price. I'm Eric Kane. Appreciate you guys as always for joining us here on the Ball Quest Mailback Podcast. You've been listening to the Ball Quest Mailbag Podcast every week, right here on Ball Quest. A lot is being asked of people working in schools. Teachers have more and more things to do. The shortage of teachers right now, um, you know, having to fill a lot of holes and, and wear a lot of hats, it's, it's very difficult. There are steps you can take to manage stressful times, whether in the classroom or outside of work. For me personally, I can disconnect by just being outside. Laughing <laughs> works a lot. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now.